Okay, here's something to consider. When you see a high school or a college student or a graduate student or just somebody who works nights and has to stay up during the day as well, do you ask if they take some stimulant medication? The use of modafinil and armodafinil has actually increased in the U.S., Canada, and even in Europe. But these stimulant-like drugs do have other adverse issues outside of their potential for addiction. This is particularly true in reproductive age women because a lot has come to light regarding these FDA-approved stimulants and their effects on birth control and, more importantly, their potential for fetal malformations. So in this podcast, we're going to cover a new release from JAMA that was just out in October the 19th, 2020 that has raised flags about the use of modafinil and armodafinil during pregnancy, specifically the first trimester, because they are definitely linked with fetal malformations. And what's even scarier is that if these women are taking certain kinds of birth control, it may render that contraception ineffective. So we should be asking this pivotal question, what medications are you on? And if that includes modafinil and armodafinil, patient education should be done. Y'all ready? Let's get into this now. Modafinil was commercialized in 2003 and it was marketed as a stay awake or an alert medication. It's also known as a, quote, smart drug because it helps you pay attention and increases alertful states throughout the day. Now, it's better known as its branded name, Provigil, which actually has a history way back in the military where soldiers were given this type of medication to increase their alertfulness in times of danger. But of course, as with everything else, and especially in times of online prescribing, we've seen a trend towards potential abuse of these kind of medications. These stimulant kind of medications have increased in use, not just in the U.S., but in Canada and in the U.K. as well. So before we get into specific adverse contraceptive interactions and, of course, reproductive outcomes, because that's the whole focus of this podcast, that new attention, this new flag that has gone up regarding the potential for malformations with these medications when they're used in early pregnancy. But before we get into that, I thought it would be helpful to compare modafinil and armodafinil and that family of medications to another stimulant that we're much more familiar with because it's been around a little bit longer, which is Adderall and how these are or are not similar. So let's go ahead and start this discussion with a brief review of Adderall and the modafinil family. Adderall is the brand name of actually two medications combined into one. It's actually a combination of amphetamine and dextroamphetamine. This combination of drugs has been approved by the FDA for the treatment of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and the sleep disorder narcolepsy. Both of the main ingredients in Adderall are central nervous system stimulants, and these medications have abuse potential. Adderall comes in an immediate release form and an extended release form. The immediate release form of the drug lasts for about 4 to 6 hours, and the extended release typically lasts about 12 hours. Now, Adderall is classified as a Schedule II controlled substance. Again, that's a clinical pearl. It is therefore considered to have a significant risk for abuse and the development of physical dependence. Now, modafinil is better known by the brand name Provigil, as we stated in the intro. 
Modafinil is approved by the FDA to treat daytime sleepiness in people who have several different conditions, including narcolepsy or shift work disorder, or sleepiness that occurs in other medical conditions like obstructive sleep apnea. Now, modafinil is also a controlled substance, but it classified at a much lower level of control or severity than Adderall. Modafinil is classified as a Schedule 4 control substance. The difference in the formal classification of Adderall and modafinil indicates that the overall general research and the opinion of the federal government is that Adderall is a significantly more dangerous drug of abuse than modafinil. Adderall is believed to exert its effects by blocking the reuptake of the excitatory neurotransmitters, dopamine, and norepinephrine, and by actually increasing the intracellular concentration of these neurotransmitters by releasing them from storage units in neurons. Modafinil is also believed to affect several different neurotransmitters, including the excitatory neurotransmitters, dopamine, and glutamate, and decreasing the availability of inhibitory neurotransmitters like like GABA. Even though I'm going to say it, it probably goes without saying that the most common medication used in reproductive age women is birth control and specifically the birth control pill. Modafinil and armodafinil are both metabolized hepatically through the cytochrome P450 system and are moderate inducers of several hepatic isoenzymes, including CYP3A4 and CYP1A2. Now, both drugs also have different pharmacokinetics in men versus women. The mean value of peak plasma concentration is actually significantly higher in women than that of men. And this difference remains valid even after correction for body weight. Now, how this works in the liver has real implications for birth control, specifically the birth control pill. Estrogens and other sex hormones also are metabolized through and interact with the CYP or cytochrome P450 system. So exogenous hormone intake may interact pharmacokinetically with modafinil or armodafinil. Hormonal contraception, of course, as we've already said, is on the rise in the U.S. And this isn't just a theoretical problem. It actually is proven in published data. Given the prevalence of hormonal contraception that's on the rise, it is likely that most women of childbearing age who will be started on modafinil or armodafinil will be using this kind of birth control. Again, we're talking about combination birth control pills. The risk of reduced efficacy and increased clearance of estroneal estradiol is not only theoretical based on the fact of common enzymatic pathways of metabolism, but there's also practical data from human studies showing that there's a decrease of birth control efficacy and that this is a real possibility when used with modafinil and armodafinil. So let's stop right there because that's one of the take-home clinical pearls. Ask all reproductive age women whether they are using prescription modafinil or armodafinil or these similar smart drugs. And if they're on estrogen-containing birth control pills, then that's kind of a red flag. And it's something that we should educate them because they may need to switch or use additional protection. In a placebo-controlled single-arm study, even though the N was only 41, the outcome data was pretty impressive. 
This study, which had 41 healthy female subjects on an oral contraceptive containing ethanol estradiol and norgestimate, and they were randomized to either modafinil or placebo just for 28 days. Those in the modafinil arm exhibited 18% decrease in ethanol estradiol in the area under the curve and 11% decrease in the maximum concentration. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's an N of 41, and it's based on serum samples, not real outcomes. But it's still something to consider. But take a look at this other data. In a large survey of general practitioners in the UK, 599 girls and women were identified as having been placed on modafinil for a variety of indications. Now, out of these, 223 were actually of childbearing age, 97 of which were using hormonal contraception. Three of these 97 reported unplanned pregnancies while taking hormonal contraception faithfully. So as a result of these two studies, both modafinil and armodafinil do include a warning in their package that states that the potential interaction of these two could make hormonal birth control, specifically birth control pills, less effective. Okay, so here's the second take-home clinical pearl, real important. So if your patient is on modafinil or armodafinil and is on oral birth control pills or even an implantable contraceptive, that's right, things like Nexplanon are even in this category as well, they seem to be less effective when taking these medications. So it's expert opinion to use an intrauterine device like a copper T or a progesterone-releasing IUD or Depo-Provera. Those are the options that are recommended when women are on these, quote, smart or stay awake medications. Okay, so I think we need to say this again because it really is important. While oral birth control pills have gotten most of the attention in terms of their potential interaction with these medications, we can't forget that even Nexplanon is not immune to this. In the medical warning by the FDA, it is listed as, quote, serious, end quote, because of the potential harm that could happen not only by the reduction in steroid hormones and, of course, the unplanned pregnancy, but because of the potential for adverse neonatal outcomes in terms of birth defects. And that, of course, is our segue into this next section. And next is this association between modafinil or armodafinil and congenital birth defects. Now, that data is actually not new. It's been around for a while. But as always, anytime that there's a new report that comes out, the attention gets reactivated. And it should because young women are on these medications. And if they're on oral birth control or even Nexplanon, it may not be the best birth control for them. Now, I have a disclosure. I have no beef with oral birth control pills or Nexplanon. We put a lot of Nexplanon in patients and we write for a lot of birth control, but it's all about picking the right birth control method for the right patient. And these medications may influence that decision. Ready? Let's get into this next session next. On October the 19th, 2020, JAMA Internal Medicine published a research letter bringing this issue of modafinil and armodafinil and its exposure and the potential for increased major congenital anomalies back into the forefront. The offspring of women who use modafinil or armodafinil during pregnancy had a higher risk of major congenital malformations in the general population, although results of animal studies have shown reproductive toxic effects with the use of these medications, data on exposure during pregnancy in humans was otherwise limited. 
So the researchers analyzed data from 148 prospective as well as retrospective pregnancies that were documented in post-marketing studies of these two medications, again, modafinil or armodafinil. Now, there were 81 women who received modafinil, 67 who received armodafinil, and one patient who received both medications. Narcolepsy was indicated in 70% of the prescriptions. The authors reported that of 102 prospective life births with data available by the study cutoff, 13% of infants had a major congenital malformation. The researchers noted that this was higher than the prevalence of congenital malformations in the general population, which has a baseline rate of about 3%. Again, we're talking about 13% compared to just 3%. Also, among the live births with malformations, four had congenital torticollis and two had hypospadias. Three had congenital heart defects, which yielded a prevalence of cardiac malformations of 3%, compared with just 1% found in the general population. In addition, the prevalence of major congenital malformations in the 97 prospective life births exposed during the first trimester was 13%. Pooling the data for both prospective and retrospective life births resulted in the same major congenital malformation prevalence of 13% that was seen in the prospective life births alone. So the authors noted that narcolepsy has not been associated with an increased risk of abnormal pregnancy outcomes in previous research. So this suggested that the data was actually showing the association between the medication and the birth outcome. Now, although the available data are inconclusive for causality, remember, we're talking about an association, the potential increased risk of major congenital malformations does provide at least an impetus for physicians and all healthcare professionals to enhance and discuss this risk-benefit ratio of these medications in reproductive age women, especially if they're using oral birth control pills, which can have decreased effectiveness with these medications. All right, podcast family. So that brings us to a wrap. We've covered the use of these stimulant or stay awake or alert or smart medications, modafinil and armodafinil, and their potential links to congenital birth defects. Now, this is important because this type of medications are being used with increased frequency, especially in the female reproductive age group. And if they're taking oral birth control pills, it's something that we should address with them because they should be using additional forms of contraception or another form of contraception altogether. Once again, we're thankful that you're part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.